Mythos Busters, investigating the mystery, monsters, and madness of Arkham Horror, the card game. Hello listeners, and welcome back to another episode of AV Club, a Mythos Busters, Mythos Busters production. If I could say that correctly, it would be a better cast. With me is Frank from Drawn to the Flame. Frank, how are you? I'm very well. Luckily, I can say Drawn to the Flame, so my cast remains superlative very good i'm i'm very happy for you do, do you feel... i nearly started chanting a v a v uh just in my excitement for the av club oh i bet uh we're gonna be taking a look at seeker cards if that's okay with you good sir very okay with me but can you answer a question first what sure. color would you say seeker cards are are they orange yellow or gold oh boy um or another color if you have another color i'm willing to hear it they are 100 percent not orange i can tell you that much wow okay okay um hmm, i'm gonna say they are more yellow than gold but it's yellow with some brown in it like that like um you know when when pages of an old book yellow mm-hmm. on the side yeah. when you go to the library like that's the color they're going for so it's a yellow with um a brown tinge like an aged yellow Instead of orangey yellow, you're saying? Mm, <laughs> no, it, I don't know. Plus, FFG, like any LCG card game they put out, if you play the yellow cards, they are always the best cards. Mm, yeah, so, that's true. That's true. NBN in uh, Netrunner, right? Yeah. Uh, Smugglers in Star Wars for the longest time. What else? Game of Thrones, it's the Obrathian. They love yellow. Not sure why. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's something we might explore later on, but for now, we're going to look at Ursula Downs, the explorer. Uh, she is our seeker investigator. She has three willpower, four intellect, one combat, and four agility. She's a wayfarer. She has reaction after you move to a location, take an investigate action, limit once per round, and her elder sign effect is plus one. After this test is after this test ends, you may move to a connecting location. She's 7-7 seven, seven for health and sanity, and discovery is easy. Understanding is the hard part. Uh, she's a standard deck size of 30. Deck building options are 0-5 Seeker, 0-5 Neutral, Relics 0-4, but no off-class. Mm, yeah. One of these strange trait-classed investigators. Mm-hmm. We were talking off-air about Ursula and how all-round strong she is and i i actually genuinely feel like she is one of the strongest investigators in the game solo or multiplayer maybe slightly weaker in multiplayer but solo definitely she shines so well and i think it's it's really fascinating to me because we also talked about dump stats in that last episode we did months ago uh, on guardians and leo anderson mm-hmm. and we were talking about where you want your dump stat and we didn't really mention combat, but she has one in combat and I don't think I've ever minded that. Yeah. <laughs> I've just, just rolled with it. Well, I think, I mean, I think there's two reasons for that. One, she's got agility so she can evade enemies, right? Like she's got a way to deal with enemies. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also Seeker has so many ways to deal damage 
by investigating enemies, as I call it. Like you're you're throwing <laughs> books at them. Um, you've got mm. mind over matter, the very early stuff. You've got your strange solutions as you get in later. The I've got a plans. You know they have options. Um, so yeah, totally. The having a dump stat in combat um, is not as bad because she has that four agility and she's in seeker. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, the I, other person who has one in combat is Wendy, and it's a similar thing, right? Four agility and never has any problems with dealing with enemies. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, because she uses her rogue splash usually to get that damage output through yeah. events yeah. and stuff. I totally agree with you. One of the strongest investigators, and I would go on a limb putting this on the record. Uh, strongest solo investigator is my claim currently in the game. Wow. Wow. Because that means it's like edging out people like Roland and Wendy, um, even Jenny Barnes. A lot of people are fans of playing Jenny. She's mm-hmm. very powerful. She can kind of brute force her way through scenarios. I was really struck when you read the flavor text this time as well. Discovery is easy. Understanding is the hard part. And I feel like when I play Ursula, it's more like discovery is easy. Understanding is also easy. (laughs) Welcome to easy. She's so mobile (laughs) and she's also scooping up clues normally sort of while standing on her head or like the number of times I've had a turn where I've done my three actions and felt like I've had a decent turn. And then I've done something like, oh, and I'll just pathfind. Oh, and I'll just trigger my reaction ability. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, I've just cleared another VP location. Oh, you know, great to be me. Yeah. Oops, I accidentally so, did five actions in a three-action turn. Well, there I go. Yeah. Again, you know, silly old me. It's really, really powerful. And, yeah, she, as we know from Seeker, they have lots of way, and they want to be investigating Mm-hmm. So yeah, just her mobility combined with the fact that that allows her to do what seekers should do, which is get clues, mm-hmm. makes her very very strong. And I think uh, we kind of mentioned this last year when we did the Guardian TFA cards, uh, where I said you know an extra action in a turn in solo is so much more valuable. I mean mm-hmm. you're going to be moving in solo because there's usually about one clue on a location, and so yeah. her ability to move and then get essentially a free action, making her a four-action investigator, um, just propels her to the front of the pack for me. Yeah, it's the quality of the action as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's where, you know, even though I really like Finn, his action is an evade action, which requires an enemy, mm. but there are so few scenarios where Ursula's ability isn't firing, because almost every scenario is get clues and move around. Yep. So she she makes that happen. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our little friend here, Jake Williams. Seems pretty mm, loyal, so this... unlike yourself. <laughs> well, I've been very loyal to John's <laughs> the Flame. I don't know. What... Well, yeah, I keep banging that drum. Yeah, yeah I'm here to bring you down. Yeah, oh, sorry. like Jake Com- is there to companion. bring us down. Companion yeah. was the thing I was going for. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah, this is Jake Wind- Williams, the loyal companion. It's a three-cost asset with intellect and wild icons ally and wayfarer traded ursula downs deck only the first move or investigate action you perform each turn does not provoke attacks of opportunity and reaction after you reveal a location or put a new location into play exhaust jake williams draw one card three health two sanity and takes up the ally slot you know what jake williams is not dr milan christopher 
Mm, yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that I don't use him too often. If he's in my starting hand, maybe, but I don't know. His first ability is surprisingly weak. Um mm. because you have to I do forget it that first ability so often. Yeah. And I mean it's it's not the first time you would get an attack of opportunity, it's the first time you move or investigate a turn. Mm-hmm. So later on, if you get attached to an enemy, then that just sucks for you. Um, the revealing and drawing a card. I mean, if you draw two cards, I'd consider it a profit. Mm-hmm. You draw one. What, Jake? Yeah, good. One is not enough, you're saying? Yeah, but what Jake yeah. does do is draw you into Dr. Milan, Christopher, if you haven't oh. drawn Dr. Milan. That's true. That, I think, weirdly is his strength that you... <laughs> put him down if you haven't drawn Dr. Milan run around as Ursula because obviously you're doing that mm-hmm. and you just accelerate your draw to draw into the other pieces that you want your pathfinders shortcuts mm-hmm. other things and Dr. Milan yeah field work field yeah, yeah. field work exactly I like the 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 stats that he can soak as well I like the that's f- true yeah it's quite beefy uh particularly given that the seeker allies normally have one health soak so finding something that can do a bit more soaking for Ursula is good, but she's a 7-7, seven, seven, so it's not like she's particularly physically fragile. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's. I think he's he's decent, and I, I don't know how much more there is to say once you mention Dr. Milan. You know, there's yeah. like... Unfortunately, Dr. Milan exists, right? Like he yeah. Just... yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a, a charisma Ursula as well. Jake would probably be my second choice to play if I was running allies in Ursula. Absolutely. Including Jake. This would would probably be my number two, but yeah, it's quite an investment. Uh, One thing I just totally forgot about Ursula that I wanted to mention with her ability and field work. um, Do you know you can stack them? Like you can um, alternate them? So when she moves into a location, uh, you trigger one field work, take her reaction trigger the other field work and then take a normal investigate and you can separate the two i did not know that no because they're all triggered from the same triggering point is yeah it it's after you move uh to location and the other one is after mm-hmm. you move to location with a clue so you can do a field work then trigger her special ability then trigger <laughs> field work and then you have plus two for your next test when I found that out, that that's what propelled field work to like the front of the pack for me and Ursula, and pushed Ursula that much mm-hmm. farther in the front. Yeah, I like that a lot. I play field work in Ursula, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good. And Jake Williams helps you draw into field work. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, the other place that Jake is definitely worth revisiting is if you're playing Return to Dunwich and using Ursula, because there are quite big maps Mm. in Dunwich, or moderately big anyway, and if you can see Jake early, you can see many cards per scenario, like four, five plus, something like at Lost in Time and Space, Jake Williams is disgusting in that scenario, because, yeah, you're hopefully putting a new location into play every single turn, or if you're not doing that, you're then, well, you're not revealing any of those because it's coming to play revealed, but yeah. Otherwise, you can just... He's such a a one-card engine at that point for drawing cards. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I have to read this from chat because it's making me crack up. Stokesbook says, it's a theme home run. Run around with the hot guy in the early game until the comfortable guy with money comes along. 
<laughs> oh god oh no oh that's yeah. terrible stokes ah uh, well yeah I, I suppose it is like the it is like the the kind of rom-com movie of ursula's life because yeah. you've got the like loyal adoring hot guy and then you've also got the slightly more aloof uh yeah older guy with reliable money. guy maybe <laughs> reliable yeah. guy yeah exactly yeah uh, so I suppose that's just Ursula playing into what she knows, but she also probably feels the call of the unknown. She might feel the call of the unknown, yeah. Um, it is a treachery weakness. It's a task. Revelation put call of the unknown into play in your threat area. Forced. At the beginning of your turn, choose a location other than your location. When your turn ends, if you did not successfully investigate the chosen location this turn, take two horror and shuffle call of the unknown back into your deck. Mm, nasty. Yeah, I think the hardest part about this treachery is remembering it at the beginning of each turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I I put horror on other locations as markers that I have to go and fetch the horror as though it's clues. Ah. I think that's it's a little bit you know like putting medicine inside nice food. It's like oh, I could go get those uh, horror shaped clues over on that location <laughs> yeah. rather than just yeah rescuing it yeah i i find the the biggest decision point with this one is just when to not bother to to investigate mm -hmm. and take the horror and normally i want to try and hang on a couple of turns if i can manage it but judging how much is it actually just wasting my time and kind of destroying my tempo and how quickly would i like to get it back in my deck mm -hmm. is yeah that's that's the decision point for me i normally when this comes into play take a look at how many cards i have in my deck as well and try yeah. and make a judgment am i going to finish the scenario before i deck out or am i going to go straight through my deck in which case i definitely don't want to shuffle this back in when there are only three cards in my deck yeah so it causes it causes me to pause but beyond that i don't find it too threatening yeah i mean it i think it forces you to keep your tempo almost and i i would almost just slightly almost say this is like you know when kids go bowling and they have those bumpers in the in the gutters mm -hmm. and they can't what this is forcing you to do is stay on task go get those clues stuff like that right where sometimes you want to take a turn it's a breather okay i got to put down some items or play some events or whatever get myself set up this is like okay come on go go investigate go investigate keep moving mm, um, yeah keep it going in almost a good way <laughs> but also in a terrible way um yeah that's how i kind of always saw this it it can be absolutely fine um i don't think it's backbreaking yeah. but if you do have to shuffle it in when there's three cards left in your deck it sucks yeah Why are you shuffling something's it gone in? wrong there. yeah and and the other thing i think to play around this is what it makes you pause and do in terms of those bumpers exactly to say keep on task and maybe not do that move last action to a new location because you're going to instead move there the following turn because that's where you want to investigate like that's where this card becomes a thorn in one side mm -hmm. is where it's forcing you to go back to locations that you didn't really ever want to revisit yeah and yeah like i had this in undimension and unseen recently and i deliberately didn't clear locations fully of clues anyway for field work but that meant when it came out I was sort of happy to be running around that map because I was brood hunting. So mm -hmm. this this was fine. I'd like go into a location, investigate it, and not take the horror from this, and then maybe bounce on to fight a brood. And then the following turn, you know, I was always moving two or three locations a turn anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And at that point, this is ideal. Like that's what Ursula wants to do. So yeah. yeah. And unlike uh, I'd say a lot of uh, weaknesses, this actually scales with difficulty because if you're playing on expert, you have to successfully investigate. Uh, mm, and sometimes yeah, that can be yeah. quite difficult. Although usually not for Ursula, but it can be if you don't have all your tools out. You draw this early. At that point, are you just taking the horror? I think so. I mean, yeah. I think I think you try if it's going to be along your path, anyways. Mm-hmm. If, it, if, it, if it's something you were going to do you try and if you fail you fail and that's it it is what it is yeah well we were discussing relics ever so slightly with ursula but it seems that ursula has a little friend is it me uh no she wouldn't be friends with you no. it's uh dr ellie horowitz ah damn <laughs> sorry but is it me to read <laughs> uh yes it is yeah yeah I'm trying to insert my myself in the rom-com movie of Ursula's <laughs> life. This is Dr. Ellie. <laughs> yeah. You're that background character that just comes in every couple minutes and yeah. yeah. ends up getting hit by a car or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Dr. Ellie Horowitz, not hit by a car. Assistant curator is her subname. She's a three-cost asset with a willpower icon, and she's ally and assistant traded. Reaction, after Dr. Ellie Horowitz enters play, search the top nine cards of your deck for a relic asset and attach it to her. Shuffle your deck. Each relic asset attached to Dr. Ellie Horowitz does not take up any slots. It's still considered to be in play and under your control. One health, two sanity, and the ally slot. She's cool. Mm, Yeah. uh, I really like her, uh, especially in Ursula, because Ursula gets relics. Um, she can grab the Chthonian Stone. She can grab the Tooth of Etzel or Etzli uh, when mm-hmm. you level up and get some of those higher cost relics. Uh, that are some of them are just absolutely amazing. Being able to search the top yeah. nine is a significant search. Yeah, it's a third of your deck when you start the game, basically. Yeah, and when you're uh, when you don't have to pay for it, like some of those relics cost three, four, five resources. Being able to just mm-hmm. grab it for free essentially like you're paying three but yeah i i mean you hit the nail on the head the better the relics there are in your deck the more useful dr ellie becomes because you can get this filter draw to pick the relic that you need for that situation so things like the pocket i think particularly like single relics to be able to hunt for them in your deck and get them down is great yeah we we sort of theorized when she came up because of the wording, each relic asset attached to Dr. Ellie does not take up any slots, that there'd be a way of adding relics to her, and we never actually saw that come to light. It might be something that they still add to the game, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But even if she only holds one, that can still be really useful. And I found if she holds something like a grotesque statue for me, once the statue is empty and gets discarded, then she just becomes a, a soak, which is fine. Or if she holds something that I definitely don't want to leave play like a tooth of edstley mm-hmm. that's great as well because she saves me the the accessory slot yeah yeah and, and you know what she kind of also adds to the ability of ursula and others to pack more relics and you don't have to buy like relic hunter or something right like mm-hmm. she yeah. takes up a slot for that um i used her in my uh, standalone gym deck the kind of seal off everything from the encounter bag for her to grab a Chthonian stone. Um, so Jim mm-hmm. still has a hand for yeah. a trumpet or she can grab Jim's trumpet too is the big thing. Cause it's a relic. Um, 
yeah, and it, that deck is super fun. I call it Manscaping Gym or Castration Gym because you just <laughs> you seal all these tokens. That's all you Manscaping do. Manscaping gone wrong. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because over on that other podcast, Drawn to the Flame, we talked about that a bit. And like for Jim, you might have things competing for your hand slot and competing for your arcane slot and competing for your accessory slot. Mm-hmm. And Ellie like just provides a really nice flexible slot easing that yeah. she can take one of those things and help you out yeah yeah it's when you're willing to pay your ally slot to have a different slot somewhere else mm. which in yeah gym depending on the build is absolutely worthwhile yeah yeah i think finding his trumpet as well people you know people run no stone unturned in gym just to find the trumpet to get it into play to get the most out of it Mm-hmm. And Ellie is so much better at fight, you know, paying one more but getting a permanent body or nearly permanent body and searching more of your deck. Yeah. So yeah. The, like only, the only downside with that is if you whiff on Ellie, you whiff, but with no stun unturned, at least you get a card. But mm-hmm. but yeah. I totally agree, right? Like it's yeah. If you get halfway through the game and you plop down Ellie, you're probably gonna find the trumpet. Like it's pretty good odds. Yeah, yeah. The only other downside of Ellie is that she's not Dr. Milan. Yeah, so... that's the issue, right? And she doesn't... Well, I mean, what she does, she thins your deck by one card so that Milan is more likely to get drawn. Um, <laughs> and replace her. Get out of my way! <laughs> yeah, out of my way. I've got bugs to look at. Um, dreadful nerd. So is she in the Ursula movie, is she the best friend or is she also a love interest? Ooh, I don't know. I think she's the best friend who's telling her not to date Dr. Milan. Okay, so then, she goes, she's like, you're, you're done with Jake. That guy was just all brawn, no brains. Yeah. You just need to spend more time with your friends, i.e. me, and find yourself. Yeah. Let's look at relics together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm loving this film. I'm very into it. Yeah. Um, next one, you know, she can find Ancient Stone, which is our next card. Uh, it's a 1 XP asset. Uh, it's the unidentified. We've seen a lot of these before. It has an intellect uh, icon. Item and relic, action, investigate. Your location gets plus 3 shroud for this investigation. If you succeed, discover one additional clue at your location, discard ancient stone, and record in your campaign log that you've identified the stone. Next to this, in parentheses, record the difficulty of this next... Or sorry, record the difficulty of this skill test and takes up a hand slot. Um, now the way we've done these before on AV Club, we kind of look at the difficulty of getting these solved, not necessarily the value mm-hmm. of the the solved cards or the identified cards. Seems fair, and I mean straight away there's a step up for this one. Didn't glyphs or with the strange solution, which is that you have to invest XP even to have this in your deck. Mm-hmm. So like immediately there's a step change there in that this isn't the kind of card you put in your deck for scenario one and you're done with it. You're already having to make more of an investment to put it in, which, mm. yeah, it seems a small thing, but I think it, it's significant, you know, particularly early on in a Seeker deck where you're, you're really wanting to get that first 10 XP in your deck, the, the upgrades you want, your Pathfinder, your higher ed, all of these different things. Sort of having a couple spare can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like this will often come down to: Do you want this, or do you want your upgraded magnifying glasses? Right, like, yeah, it's the same yeah. XP. This does nothing in the short term, but does 
let's say decent in the long term. Um, but you're right. And then the investigation test too. I think this is similar to Strange Solution versus um, the glyphs, where Strange Solution it's one big test. Um, and uh, glyphs it was just discard cards, and there's no test to it. This gives you a test, and it's plus three shroud. Now we know the outcome. Now is you want a bigger shroud, but you still have to pass super mm. hard test. Yeah, even at a shroud two, that's difficulty five, and mm. that's probably where I'd expect my base to be as a seeker. So then immediately I'm looking to commit more to that. So it's it's not an insignificant investment, I'd say, and passing only a difficulty five test is probably not where i want this to be i want to push it even higher mm -hmm. so yeah at that point it's really funneling a lot of the seekers doing this thing that apart from the additional clue it's really not contributing very much to the the party's effort or anything like that yeah they're, they're off wandering identifying a stone quietly in the miskatonic quad or whatever it is you're going why are you doing that <laughs> They're precious. <laughs> yeah. They're precious off in the corner. Mm. Yeah. I think it would also leans into this is sort of like maybe metagame thing, but seekers knowing the shroud of each location and knowing the shrouds that they might face so that they can target the place where they get the most, the, mm. the highest score for this. Right. So, Whereas your guardian never cares about the shroud normally of locations, you'll have your seeker making a beeline for that four or five shroud location in scenario two or three so that they can go and smash this test. So like in uh, Last King, is that what it's called? The Last King? Is that uh, the second scenario of Carcosa? Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. Brain freeze, yeah. <laughs> you know that the courtyard is the five shroud location so you dash in there running the risk of drawing an enemy just so that you can go and get a score of eight and pass this early on you know that kind of thing that's so seekery i think it's like thematically very fitting but doesn't help you at all in how you complete scenarios or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it just it stings when you you know you're doing this investigative test and you're like three up and you draw the minus four and you're at yeah. like it's you've got it to eight or nine shroud and you've like piled in deductions and it kind of it kind of bites doesn't it like it like yeah like it teeth, does. It teeth does. sinking in <laughs> oh yeah if only you could take the fight back to encounter deck with something like the tooth of estli mortal reminder which is one of my uh, favorite pieces of art in this cycle as well the weird teeth in the wrist horrible mm. it's a three cost asset with a willpower icon as well like dr ellie it's item and relic traded you get plus one willpower and plus one agility while resolving an ability on a treachery card reaction after you succeed to skill test while resolving an ability on a treachery card exhaust tooth of estley draw one card and it takes up the accessory slot seems all right <laughs> yeah I have had a lot of fun with this. This is one of those, I call it maybe sort of mid-range, I think, cards where it's not like a vital component of any setup I have, but it's also just really nice to have down, providing a nice passive boost, admittedly a conditional one, mm -hmm. and drawing me a few cards over the course of a scenario. It's just like, it feels decent to me, mm -hmm. you know? 
it's pretty good. I mean, depending on which campaign you're playing too, because I mean, with the willpower, if you've got frozen and fear in the scenario, mm-hmm. it's great to test that. Um, what's that one? Entombed is yeah. a horrible, yeah. horrible it... card and should die in the fiery pits of Etsley. Um, yeah, and that's the combat or agility, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you can use agility. Uh, the drawing a card is is a great addition. Um, <laughs> and depending on the investigator you're playing, uh, the the accessory slot may not be incredibly crowded. Um, and if you got mm-hmm. Doctor Ellie, you know maybe she can reduce the strain on that slot as well. Yeah, yeah. It it, it is so. This is one of those cards that is so. Investigator, you choose as well. Mm-hmm. For someone like Rex, I think it's quite a nice fit because it just shores up his two defensive stats. So he's at four willpower and four agility then. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about the card draw, I'd say, but I don't think he has any really competing for that accessory slot unless he's running Lucky Cigarette Case or something like that. So yeah, that that to me feels like a really good fit. I think it is a good fit in Ursula as well. She goes up to four and five, mm-hmm. respectively which seems decent. And then I've seen this card in Jim as well. Makes Jim yeah. a really like defensive powerhouse. Again, using Dr. Ellie. They they seem to pair nicely, don't they, those two? Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Ellie seems more of a Jim card <laughs> than necessarily <laughs> yeah. a Mystic card. But yeah, yeah, I like this. Yeah, absolutely in Ursula too. Um, especially as a solo player, if I've got Dr. Ellie in there as well. Uh, this really shores up, especially Entombed if you're playing TFA. Uh, and there mm. are just so many willpower checks on treachery cards that a plus one, you're going to use it, what, five, six times in a scenario if you get it near the beginning of the game easily. Mm. So, Yeah, I think particularly helping with Frozen having having a boost, maybe if you're an investigator who's not got too high willpower, to at least help you so that you don't have to go kind of make or break on one test to try and clear it. You've just got a little bit of a steady boost to go, I'll try and get rid of it now, and if I fail, it's okay, because I'll still have the tooth next turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a solid guard. Solid, exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've uh, unearthed a lot of these these secret cards so far, the, the secrets of the cards, <laughs> you will. Uh, it's... <laughs> I was what? looking at Unearth the Ancient thinking there's no way people try and pun on Unearth the Ancients. I mean, like the cards are like eight months there. old. The cards are like you eight months old. Them. They are ancient. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> and you've had eight months to come up with a pun. Uh, maybe like 30 that. seconds. <laughs> All right. Unearth the Ancients. Uh, one cost seeker event. Uh, it has two intellect icons. It's insight traded. Investigate. Choose a seeker asset in your hand. The difficulty of the skill test is equal to the chosen asset's printed cost. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues, put the chosen asset into play. If that asset has the trait, or sorry, has the relic trait, draw a card. Mm-hmm. I sense a theme going on in this box around relics. Mm, yeah, I think so too. Because literally <laughs> every secret card in the box is a relic or deals with relics. Yeah. Seekers aren't just about finding clues. They're all caring about relic objects and things that they've discovered and decoding them and stuff like that. It's nice. It's a very nice thematic fit. I don't want to say anything more about this card because I, I saw you share a story about this. Card. <laughs> I think you should share again. Um, it illustrates oh, the power of the card, I think. 
Well, I, I have to preface this with, this is the second time we've done a Seeker TFA uh, AV Club. Wow, that's a lot of acronyms. Anyways, um, and it was Sean and Nick and I on before, and they completely panned this card, so it's pretty much garbage. And I said, you know what? I think it can be useful as an economy card uh, because it's saving you... It's basically... If you're putting out a card that, let's say, costs about four, um, that is essentially an emergency cash with fast, if you can pass the test. Because you're paying one to put out a cost of four, so you're saving those three resources, but you're mm -hmm. also saving the action of pay, of playing emergency cash and then playing that asset. But it is based on a test, which I see yeah. some people as a, a difficult thing to get over, which is fine. I just missed my window to go, but in the click economy... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what sean's listening so that's perfect there you go sean that one was for you um, so where this gets elevated then for me it, like why not just spend the resources and play the card when playing a card to allow you to take a test to do it and of course if only there were an investigator that got free investigate actions this would grow in strength mm -hmm. and that's what we saw in this box with ursula mm -hmm. so i i I said I was going to try and make a deck um, with two copies of this card and see how well it went. Because I, I thought, you know, I've used this a couple times. It seemed to go okay, but I think there's more strength in it than other people give it. So I started a solo Ursula Dunwich campaign on Standard um, to look at this card. And I will say that this card on Harder Expert, way less valuable because of that mm -hmm. test. Yeah. Um, and my first turn... I was playing uh, extracurricular activity. I had what I would consider the god turn. Um, so I made this deck specifically so I'd talk more about uh, Unearth the Ancients. And I won't use this story to really push the power of it, but I think it's hilarious nonetheless. So after mulliganing, uh, my opening hand was two magnifying glasses, two Unearth the Ancients, and a Dr. Milan Christopher. So my first turn was play mag glass, pay mag glass. So I've not used an ag action yet. Action one, I played Unearth the Ancients for Milan, um, and uh, I succeeded. Uh, so he's now in play. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I drew minus two, so it's investigate action, so Ursula plus two mag glasses. So there it was. Action two, I was like, well, I'm going to draw a card. I don't really have much to do. It's Tooth of Etsley. I was like, you kid you're kidding me. So action three, Unearth the Ancients for Tooth of Etsley. Draw the Elder Sign. So I got the Relic into play, so I draw a card, I get my Elder Sign, I get my resource from Milan, I take the free move from Ursula, I investigate again, I succeed, I get another resource. And then um, the, the card I drew off of Unearth the Ancients was Preposterous Sketches to refill my hand. Like it was just... That was a god turn. That, that was just... the best turn I've ever had in... <laughs> best turn I've had in this game, and I'll never have anything like that again. And it's not an example of how good this card is because that is such a like a calamity of hilarious goodness. Um, mm, yeah, like that... and you didn't say that turn two was first action resign, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you can't come back from that, right? Like it just. Yeah, I was done. So nice. Um, so yeah, I see. I think. As I, card, yeah, but it's like you say. That's not necessarily an example of this card power but it at least gives you a sense of the scope for this card and i 
think a lot of people were just turned off by the fact that you're taking the test and the better the card you want to get into play, the more difficult the test, which means why would you do that? Why would you risk it with your good cards? But when you're getting free actions as Ursula and maybe when you've already built up your intellect to the level where you can kind of just take these there might there might be times when you're rushing around getting clues and you actually don't need any more clues what you want to do is slow down and build your board and this card allows you to keep building the board on the hoof which yeah super strong the the if that asset has the relic trait draw one card i think that's like a crap clause as well that Mm -hmm. i've seen this sit in people's hands it's definitely sat in my hand so i can wait for the relic to play and I think really just using it as economy is the way forward. Yeah, it's that that's totally a trap, I think, that part of the card. You're you're playing it, like you said, to keep the pace, keep that going. I think mm-hmm. it's much more valuable in solo uh than higher player counts because you need to keep pace. You need to keep that tempo going way much way more. In a four player game, I don't think I'd play this at all. But mm-hmm. okay. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. And good icons too. I mean two intellect. It's not like you're not gonna use it. Yeah, late game. Yeah. When you don't need to play any play any cards, you're still gonna commit the two. It's a crappy perception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so secret cards. I mean, everyone's gonna say Ursula is the best card. What's your favorite mm-hmm. card from the bottom? From the bottom. <laughs> can I can <laughs> I choose row? Jake? Jake just for the uh just for the, the story that I didn't know about, that <laughs> the story me very excited. The story we've weaved into this episode. Yeah, the romance. Yeah, that sounds so good. I think. I think. Speaking more seriously, the tooth for me. Yeah. I just. It just feels like like you. I'm going to use your word, solid. I like having it down and feeling kind of robust. And I think that's maybe the way I play as well. I want the cards I've played not necessarily to be aggressive cards but just to shore up what i'm doing anyway and yeah i've found a home for it in lots of decks basically Mm -hmm. how about you i you know the tooth is really good and i think it's a very close second for me i think i'm not even sure if this is the right answer or i just like it better but i think it's dr ellie Mm. um just the some of the tricks she's she enables i just i find her more fun Mm, mm. Um, no she I, she's very fun yeah. yeah yeah and and tooth is just it's it's so static and it's just so like just good all around you know what i mean like it's very stable where dr ellie is like kapow pow like it's you get these cool plays that happen um there's the little flurry of the gamble as well with that. what am i gonna see you know high mm. high level p i love playing ellie and being like Ooh, I might see a grotesque statue or a pocket watch or what, you know, what other madness is going to be in this deck that I'm yeah. going to find. Yeah. Deep down, I am a combo player. Uh, and okay. yeah. she is, she is a combo piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially in the, uh, the man sculpting gym. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's a winner. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Frank, Frank, thanks for joining me. Are you sticking around for another? Uh, I can do, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, I, I hear we have one more person joining us. Uh, so live listeners, stay tuned. Uh, podcast listeners, uh, we'll be back in about a month. Mm-hmm.